You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 225, Suffocation. Hosted by Dan Terry. Another satisfied customer. And Joseph Wren. Excuse me, sir. I, I came for the blast. Um, I got the blast. I, I am satisfied. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you found your way out of hell but still return to the abyss... Then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Discography Discussion. My name is Dan. With me is Joe. And we're going to talk about how much fun it is to suffocate. Suffocation. No breathing. Wait, that's a different band. No, it's not like that. It's it's, it's the <laughs> band... It's the band Suffocation and not the band. There's another band, I think, called Suffocate Faster. So I don't know if they just like play Suffocation albums at like double speed uh, or what the deal is with that. But uh, we're talking about the real Suffocation tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, would you like some grind? I like a little bit of grind in my death metal. I like a little bit of technicality in my death metal. Uh, I like to suffocate a little bit whenever I'm listening to death metal. So, I mean... They pretty much got me covered on all bases. Don't forget heavily thrash-influenced guitars played at 9,000 miles per hour. I think it was like 94,000 the last time I checked. I haven't checked in a while, though. I could I could be wrong about those numbers. Can you understand the vocals? No, that's the best part. <laughs> actually, actually, sometimes yes, but but it's pretty few and far between. I'm getting I'm getting better at this sort of thing as I as I get older, but. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter uh, in death metal what they're saying as much as how cool it sounds. This is the band Dan always reaches for when people talk about Cannibal Corpse and how they changed their sound when Corpse Grinder was in the band. Dan says, if you want that old school Cannibal Corpse sound all the time, you should be listening to Suffocation, not Cannibal Corpse, because that's what you're looking for, right? Well, from a tentacles, if we're talking about the vocals alone, sure. But uh, I think that uh, I think Suffocation has way better vocals than uh, than anything that Cannibal Corpse has. I think Frank Mullen is a much better vocalist uh, than Chris Barnes. Uh, but uh, musically, this band is leaps and bounds better than Cannibal Corpse uh, from from a technical perspective, from a from a speed perspective. I'd say probably about on the same level as far as technicality goes. Well, no, that's not true. <laughs> I'd say I'd say I, I don't know suffocation's a hard band to talk about because I think that they are equally the most like the best like technical death metal band that plays the more modern style of death metal but as we'll get into on the episode I don't necessarily think that the band is necessarily as innovative now as they used to be uh, but yeah we'll, we'll we'll get into all of that but before that we got some other stuff to get into you want to read some comments for me Dan got some comments got a got an email here uh we got an email from uh samuel bukari uh, and he says uh missing episodes hey i can't find an episode on cult of luna or no innocent victim but i'm sure you'll fix this <laughs> listener from finland absolutely we will fix any perceived holes in the episodes uh that we can plug hopefully the ship doesn't sink before we plug all of them uh, no Innocent Victim is definitely going to happen at some point in the future. And uh, Cult of Luna absolutely has to happen at some point in the future. So uh, you're right. They, they are missing. And uh, we will do the best that we can to fix that. 
I've got a comment. Well, not a comment, but I got a DM on Facebook the other day. And by the other day, I mean today. I think it was like this afternoon uh, in reference to our cold episode. Uh, Nick Barrett says the only way I've been able the only way I've been able to explain cold is oppressive loneliness. Most of the catalog doesn't hold up now and at times makes me shake my head at 14 year old me. Yeah, I mean, Cold Cold was definitely a difficult band for us to talk about because, to be honest, I didn't have a lot of good things to say, and neither did Cold. Uh, but I think that uh, I think that yeah, you almost have to be a teenager, like a like a middle school teenager, to really be able to appreciate what Cold was throwing down. I said my piece and I stand by it. Year of the Spider is an exceptionally good rock album, but the band is not for me. I don't always know who they're for, but maybe we just hit it on the head right there. It's entirely possible. I, you know, 12 to 15-year-olds. There you go. That's cold. That's the audience. That's the that's the spider army that will blot out the sky. Well, before Dan and I talk about that beautiful loneliness again, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify. Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Twitch.tv forward slash DiscussMetalDan for all your game streaming needs. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion Podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at DiscussMetal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. We do enjoy those five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. If you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, absolutely leave us a five-star review uh, or leave us, you know, any other kind of review. It doesn't really matter. We're going to read it on the show regardless. (laughs) So uh, bring it. Uh, We also really, really enjoy it when you guys share the episode. So keep on sharing the episodes, guys. And uh, just tell us how we're doing. Drop us a line. There's, There's a lot of different ways that you can drop us a line. And I will get into what all those are at the end of the episode. So, Dan, tell me about suffocation. Well, have you ever, like, have you ever been, like, walking down the street and you're like, man, I'm having a lot of trouble breathing. Uh, I'm not really sure what's happening. And then you realize that there's, like, an actual shirt stuck in your throat and you can't breathe at all. And then eventually you start to lose. Oh, you mean the band suffocation? Yeah, preferably, yes. Oh, okay. Okay, my bad. If I wanted to talk uh, about a scene from Paranoia Agent, I would just do my anime podcast. Fair enough. Well, Suffocation is an American death metal band. They were formed in 1998. They are a New York band. There's something super brutal about New York bands. You mentioned Cannibal Corpse earlier, and they also uh, started off uh, in the New York area. But I will tell you that Suffocation is a band that was worshipped and copied by just about every modern death metal band that's out there. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about how people love death and how they love obituary and how they love all these all these early 90s death metal bands, but the band that I would say everybody really ripped off the most was Suffocation. Their first album, uh, Effigy of the Forgotten, is a death metal classic. 1991. I mean, it, this thing is classic in every sense of the word. Uh, I don't know if Dan Seagrave did that artwork, but if he didn't, then it's somebody that really wants to be him. Uh, that it is complicated. It's crazy. 
This record is one of the heaviest records I've ever heard in my life, uh, even to this day. Uh, and it being being as old as it is, I mean, 1991, what do we got? We got uh, from 91, we got 2001, 2011, 2020. So th- this record's 30 years old. Feel old yet? Uh, this is still one of the heaviest records I've ever heard. And what does Suffocation do? Well, they play death metal. They play they play fast, intricate, technical death metal. Bands maybe weren't sure what direction they wanted to take. You know, you had bands like Cannibal Corpse that were a little, little like were choppy and heavy and had that brutality, but they didn't have a whole lot in the technicality department in the early days. Uh, Obituary went in more of kind of a chill, almost groove direction. You know, uh, Death was all, was over there playing cal- was was out there playing Calculus Seven. Uh, with what they were doing. Pestilence also being kind of more of a technical band. Uh, But I think Suffocation kind of hit this special spot where they were like, we want to keep the brutality in check. Because like, if you listen to bands like Death in their later career, they they became ultra-technical, but they weren't as brutal as they once were. So Suffocation and Effigy of the Forgotten especially really laid out somewhat of a blueprint for playing technical death metal where you could keep it as brutal as humanly possible but still throw in all that complicated work um a lot of the solos on this record are more in the cat strangly uh variety they're a little bit more um just all over the place but um it was the riffs the absolute assault of riffs and the breakneck speed of the music uh that really drove the point home that suffocation was a band that was next level and the thing that i find the most next level about them is the vocals the vocals are so deep and so uh as the kids would say it's super sick sounding uh, this record is absolutely the entire package and without this record i think that the face of death metal would have looked a lot different uh in 2021 uh without this record so go ahead say something mean about it i second all of that as one should Seriously, though, this record is the blueprint you've heard 10,000 times over. If you've listened to a band be dark and blast and have vocals that are completely misunderstandable, that's the opposite of cannot be understood, right? Because you can misunderstand them. Then you have these dark box sounding guitars, and it all sounds like your cassette tape is doing exactly what it should do in 1991 when you're driving down in whatever two-door vehicle you have at the time. Point being... Why does it got to be a two-door? Why are you making fun of me? Because... <laughs> that seat comes all the way forward, right? Um, oh, yeah. The point being, when, when you listen to this type of music, this sound, it has connotations that go with it. And to me, this always screams cassette tapes. That's the memories that I have. But the band, the album, if you're looking for the source, this is it. And it's not just the band that started this. Suffocation didn't really let go of this at any time. So now you have a band who set the standard, who is being imitated, who is getting the credit from their peers, And they just stick with it because that is the sound they wanted to create. This album is so dark. It is so brutal. It might be the definition of the word brutal because it doesn't back off. No creepy uh, melodic intros on this record. Absolutely not. 
So how do you top that? How do you how do you go to the next level? Well, you have to go to 1993, Breeding the Spawn. Well, unfortunately, Breeding the Spawn is not Effigy the Forgotten. <laughs> uh, this right, you know, Joe. I tried to keep my mouth shut through most of that, but Joe kept mentioning the word cassette tape. Uh, this record sounds like hot garbage in comparison to Effigy the Forgotten. Not because the songs aren't good. The the songs are very good. This is musically the the next evolutionary step for suffocation. Uh, but it just I guess they couldn't book a, a as good of a studio as they did the first time around or or what, but this thing sounds terrible. Uh, it sounds scratchy, it sounds thin, it doesn't have the bottom end that a death metal record needs to have. Uh and, you know, a few years later, there's a group of people, you know, from Norway that would be all like, oh, man, this is uh, everything needs to sound like this. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, this doesn't sound great. This like if when you're listening to these records in, in, in sequential order, you might get thrown by this one and think you should have listened to this one before Effigy of the Forgotten, because it's just not uh, it's not up to par uh, production wise. And uh, and I think that that's always been kind of a regret for the band. I know I've seen some of these songs show back up. Uh, re-recorded later on because musically if you can get past the production problems which i'm being a little bit nitpicky here it doesn't sound that bad uh but it just notably doesn't sound as good as the last record but i think i think overall uh breeding the spawn may have held this band back when they could have gone even further uh in their career i think it's fine um but it is one of those things where unfortunately it reinforces the stereotype that people don't know how to properly record death metal. <laughs> you know the cassette tape. You know the record. The one by your favorite band that you have to turn up a little bit further than you're comfortable doing. You might have to tweak the EQ a little bit and put some mids back into it so you can actually feel the guitars. Well, this is the record by Suffocation that makes you do that. This is the one that I truly don't know how you go from the previous album to this one and the record label pressing it saying, this is fine, guys. But somebody did make that decision. And I have to agree with Dan. It is a shining example of somebody just does not know how to record death metal. And I don't know how that's hard. It's just thrash metal with growled vocals, guys. You can pull it off. You've done it before. You can do it again. Well, I think it's mixed like a thrash record. Is kind of one of the things that I noticed is that thrash thrash was certainly heavy. I mean, obviously it depends on the band, right? But uh, thrash didn't necessarily have to be thick and have all that bottom end like death metal. But death metal kind of needs that. It needs that bottom end. That needs that. It needs that bass <laughs> in it. And uh, this record, unfortunately, just didn't deliver that. So you still get good suffocation songs. You know, you go and see them on the tour after this, and the, the album's great. You know, you everything, everything mixes and blends really well. But I think the band was very, um, very much aware of that. So whenever we move into their third record, which is my personal favorite of the of their whole discography, things get a lot more interesting. 1995, pierced from within. First of all, despite this being my favorite record by Suffocation. Guys, that doesn't make any sense. Pierced from within doesn't make any sense, guys. Have you if, seen if, the film Alien? If you no, that's not it. That's not the same thing. <laughs> the, the act of piercing is is an external for. Never mind. It's fine. Uh, Pierced from within is absolutely devastatingly brutal. 
in comparison even to uh, Effigy of the Forgotten, which I think might have been just as brutal if it had been recorded a little bit better. That record was well recorded. I'm not arguing that. But uh, Pierce from Within is like the next level of heaviness from uh, Suffocation. And I think that they are so insanely deep. I mean, I see this like the vocals are disgustingly deep. The guitar tone has all of that bottom end that I've been going on and on and on about. Um, everything just has this absolutely devastating, heavy, almost fuzz to it that uh, I just can't. I just can't get past. The drumming is 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 nigh impossible. And I think one of the things that I love the most about listening to some of these '90s death metal records, <laughs> the drumming's all real. As unbelievable as that may as that may seem, with what you're actually hearing. And you know, I know, I know a bunch of people that listen to stuff like Infinite Annihilator and stuff like that now are like, "Oh yeah, shit, the drums, the drums aren't like super, super, aren't super, you know, aren't super impressive." But it's like, no, yeah, but they weren't made on a MacBook. Like an actual human being had to sit down and play this, and that uh, is arguably more interesting. Yeah, I mean, I said the same thing. Um, the band that they remind me the most of uh, from this time period uh, is a band that we've already covered, which is Cryptopsy. Uh, they, they have a very similar like pushing pushing the limits of what death metal can be and making it so undigestible uh, for the for the average person and a guy like me is gonna listen to this and be like oh my god this is the best thing I've ever heard in my life uh, whereas you know your parents may not feel that way and you know probably you know e- even the dude that, that that you go to school with that wears Metallica shirts every day, uh, his name's Josh, by the way. I've decided. Uh, you know, th- those guys, even they're going to listen to something like Pierce from Within and be like, what are you doing? This isn't this isn't great. But like, there are so many bands that were so influenced by this band in their early career that like you wouldn't have half the genres you have now. You Like, these guys played breakdowns before there were like breakdowns as we know them today, like metal breakdowns. And um, they, you know, we wouldn't have stuff like Slam. We wouldn't have stuff like Deathcore without bands like Suffocation. I don't think Suffocation plays either of those styles because, let's be honest, they didn't exist uh, at the time. Uh, but this is absolutely where those where those newer bands. Th- this is where they were coming from. This is this is again. You know, this band puts out three records in the '90s, and there then two of them are blueprints for modern music now. And I think that's what's interesting is you listen to something like Pierced from Within now and you're like, oh, what year did this come out? And you're expecting somebody to tell you 2000 and something. Uh, but no, this is 1995. Uh, and I think that, that I think that's super significant. Um, I'm not going to lie and say that Suffocation has the most uh, varied uh, discography uh, by they any stretch of the imagination. Um, because, you know, I think that this is where the argument, and we'll we'll get into the next record before I before I make this point. But it's a solid point for bands like this. If you needed a shining example of death metal that has absolutely no mids, this is the old stereotype. This is 1995, where we didn't just cut the mids out of the guitars. We cut the mids out of the vocals. We cut the mids out of the drums. We cut the mids out of everything. It's a sound that not everybody got right, but this band puts it together, and it just makes the record sound dark. I got a little bit of joy 
every time I hear a band that directly influenced Brendan Small and Death Clock, because for a lot of people, Death Clock was this new thing, even though it was kind of a joke. And by kind of a joke, I mean, it was a cartoon, people. And even listening to Suffocation, I hear some of those early Nathan Explosion decisions, and I think, this dude knows what he's talking about. He didn't just come up with this idea for the most brutal band of all time. He actually took sources and made it happen. And apparently one of those sources is the vocals of Suffocation on Pierced From Within. This album doesn't let up either. It's still a straight-ahead blast of heaviness and brutality, and that is exactly what you're here for if you're listening to Suffocation. And not to hold off Dan's point any longer, 2004, Souls to Deny. So, obviously, 2004 is a pretty big gap from 1995. Um, What happened with the band? Well, they just kind of broke up, you know? Um, It was just one of those things that, you know, uh, we had a bunch of guys that were leaving, and um, they did a lot of tours in 1995 after Pierce from Within. And, uh, you know, it was just one of those things where I think that they just had enough. They'd been burned out. And so they just went quiet. They did decide to reform in 2003, and they've been going strong ever since. And so with this record, now now we're kind of in the modern age, right? So, like, what is what is 2004 Suffocation going to sound like that we haven't ever heard before? Well, it's not going to sound like anything you haven't heard before because it's Suffocation. It's going to sound exactly like what you're expecting, And the most shocking thing about it is going to be the vocal production. It's still going to be a brutal as fuck death metal record. I dare say you're welcome. Well, there are some differences. Uh, the, The biggest thing that I noticed was there's a little bit more of a focus on this record on melody, uh, that the band had not really had before. So they're, they're taking kind of the more techie aspect of the band and kind of ramping that up a little bit. I think these guys still do it better than most of the tech death bands that are out there. Uh, But this record, yeah, if you like Suffocation, you're not going to have any problems with this one. Uh, I have to agree with Joe, though. The vocal production's a little bit weird on it. Um, They're they're over. It's almost it's almost like they're overproducing somebody that doesn't need to be overproduced. I mean, dude's vocals just sound like a, a garbage can full of rocks being dragged across the ground. I don't know why we need that doubled, <laughs> you know, with a, with an echo effect on it. Uh, it's very it's very weird. It's not distracting, but it is kind of sadly one of the most notable things about this album. Uh, I think for a suffocation comeback, if you were a fan back in the day, this is your time to be all like, "Yeah, man, suffocation." Am I right? Uh, and you're not you're not wrong. Um, I have to admit, I don't like this as much as the classic material. But uh, I do appreciate kind of the bigger focus on on technicality as well as uh, the solos are a little bit more than just your garden variety cat strangler solos. And um, I think the boys are great. I think that they're not. I think the biggest thing to take away is I think that after Effigy of the Forgotten, everybody expected everything Suffocation was doing was going to be innovative and I think that they kind of played their innovation card on that first album. And that's whenever you start realizing that a band like Suffocation isn't here to reinvent the wheel. They just invented the wheel that they wanted to turn, if that makes sense. It definitely makes sense to me. 
I'm not surprised that a band who went away for nine years comes back and releases exactly the same thing with a little bit more time spent on technicality, but it's still suffocation. I actually think the worst thing about this album is the vocals because of how they're mixed. And I have zero explanation for that decision. I know exactly what's going on from an engineering perspective, and it's unnecessary. So this is not the best version of this band that you could listen to. But again, I don't think you're listening to Suffocation because you're looking for the next brutality. I think you're here for exactly what you're going to get, and that is exactly what you signed up for. Well, I have good news, though, because they weren't. this wasn't a re, uh, reunion album that was a one and done. There's more. 2006, Suffocation. Self-titled Suffocation by Suffocation. This record is, in my opinion, 10 times the record that Souls to Deny was. Is this ex- the new definition? No, I mean, I think that, like, I mean, it's self-titled, right? It's, it's self-titled, so it's going to... It's going to be the suffocation that you know and love, but the production is significantly better on this record than on the previous. Uh, the vo- whatever they did on the vocals on that last record, they have they have fixed that, <laughs> <laughs> probably very intentionally. Um, I love this record. I think that they are they're way more modern brutal on this record than they are uh, '90s brutal, as they even were on the last one. I think that they were trying to kind of recapture that '90s sound on the last one, where this is. This is the more predictable, uh, modern production version of Suffocation. So everything hits a lot harder. Uh, there's a little bit more, well, no, there's a little bit less dynamic range. This is loud as all hell um, and just absolutely takes takes you over. Um, I like, again, a little bit more. I like that they focus a little bit more on speed on this one than they did on technicality. But, I mean, this thing absolutely crushes, man. It, it's hard to... It's, again, bands like Suffocation are really hard to talk about because I feel like they deliver very consistently the sound that you love should you choose to buy a second Suffocation album. I think if you're listening to Suffocation, you're signing up for exactly what's coming next. And what we have here is some of the heaviest death metal that anyone has recorded. But think about 2006. How old school does this album sound? No matter how improved the production is, it still sounds kind of old school. So yeah, they had better toys. They had better production for theoretically less money. And it's still suffocation being as brutal and intense as possible. To me, that is something you cannot exchange for an innovative band. I know it's a broken record at this point, but... Suffocation, if I'm listening to this, I want that brutality that I know the band is going to give me no matter what. And they definitely continue to deliver. Yeah, and I think this is another example, too, of like if you're listening to it all at once, uh, as we often do, uh, you are going to kind of start feeling like, oh, wow, it's like one big, long record. Uh, It's not that. It, It really is. Every record has something unique about it. But the reality is, is that the suffocation that you fell in love with is going to be the suffocation that you're going to get from here on out. There's not going to be any more. There's not going to be any side roads. They're not going to decide to go grindcore on one record or they're not going to decide to go full slam. 
they're, they're, they're just absolutely playing into their pocket. And in their defense, they, they sewed that pocket. Not very many bands invent their own style to play and then just stick with that. 2009, Blood Oath. Did you like the last album? Not only did I like the last album, I wanted more intense double bass with my blasting. Well, you're going to get it here. Uh, you know, what I, what I think is interesting about Suffocation, and I kind of said this a minute ago, but uh, it's interesting their, their dedication to the craft as well as their dedication to... Um, not like not veering off into different genres you know they don't they don't play death grind they don't play um they don't play traditional death metal either they really they stick out traditional death metal but not in not in the way we talk about other other uh technical death metal bands where some of those bands are a little bit more um concerned with ear candy and i think that these guys still for whatever reason just enjoy the brutal more so than the melodic kind of weird jazzy stuff that you'd get out of other technical death metal bands um and you know because as much as i as technical as i think that suffocation is and how hard their music is to play i do think that they somehow avoid the progressive metal tag because they are kind of in and out they don't overstay their welcome every record is exactly the length that it should be and uh, you don't have to put up with a whole bunch of filler i would never accuse this band of creating filler because even if it's filler, it's still heavier than the majority of technical death metal bands that you're going to be listening to this week. <laughs> I agree with that. I mean, I think that these guys are the real deal. I think Blood Oath, with 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 trying to avoid not talking about the record at all directly, uh, it's just that it's more suffocation, and it's hard to it's hard to say that without it saying it like I'm saying it negatively. But I'm not like it's I, I like having more suffocation to listen to. Um, and they're a band, though, that I would definitely say maybe you don't need every album by the band. Uh, you might be OK with just maybe two or three highlights. And um, so I don't necessarily think Blood Oath is like their finest work. But um, if it's your first suffocation album, you're going to fall in love. You're going to love the other records as well. Excuse me, sir. I, I came for the blast. Um I got the blast. I, I am satisfied. Another satisfied customer. 2013 Pinnacle of Bedlam. Love the cover artwork on this one. It's like skeleton Cthulhu holding the justice scales. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what's going on with this one, but uh, I, I could definitely tell you what I what I know is going on musically. Um, and that's just the Pinnacle of Bedlam is Tell me if you if this sounds familiar. It is another technical death metal offering from the band Suffocation. Have you ever wanted 100% consistency from your band? I mean, even Iron Maiden that we talked about last week wasn't 100%, but they were in the upper echelon of the 90%. Here is Suffocation, who, despite the production on one album, is effectively giving you exactly what you're here for not letting up and not asking you to buy into some new shit they created today. I mean, I have to be honest. I don't necessarily think that their songwriting chops are necessarily up to par with those first three albums. And I guess this is where people are going to call us posers. It's okay. It's not the first time it's happened. Just go right ahead. Uh, but it is kind of one of those, um, it is kind of one of those situations where, 
I question how much more one could reinvent the wheel playing this style of music. Because you have to think of how hard these songs have to be to even compose. And, you know, this is this is one of those bands when I'm listening to Suffocation, I always think to myself, how do these guys even remember what to play? How do you not accidentally go into another song? It's less about the composition and more about the sound when you get to this type of death metal. And we've talked about it before. There's only so much you can do with the lower three frets of your guitar. And yet here is Suffocation writing another album where they are still giving you that brutal staccato stopping with we're going to play as fast as possible. That doesn't mean that it's not difficult to play, but how hard is it to write? Sometimes I question whether or not you need to put thought into this or if you just need to write a bunch of ideas and then throw them in a blender and whatever comes out of it, that's your song. Now, if you do that 12 or 13 times, it still sounds like a new set of songs. That's not to discredit this band, but I don't think it's complicated as much as it's harder to pull off than it is to actually sit down and write. I can agree with that. I mean... I think sometimes it's the uh, the technical performance that's the main attraction, um, and that that's definitely the main attraction for me, uh, especially as we as we kind of move into the next record. Uh, I, I don't even know really how to say this, but did, did you like all the other ones? 2017 of the dark light, darkness cannot Not, be light, sir. I have to admit that I think that you can have like black lights and stuff. Uh, I do think that. Dark. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I admit that I kind of thought this was going to be like a cattle decapitation death atlas sort of thing, just because this cover is so. It's so. I hate to say this, but it's so generically technical death metal. You know, you got a guy that might be in space. He's coming apart. There's ethereal forces ripping him apart, or maybe it's of the dark light that's doing it. Um, but what you really have with this is you have another 35-minute, 9 to 10 song suffocation album. Uh, they ha- Again, they haven't reinvented the wheel. Um, and I don't think it sounds tired. I think that that's one of the biggest things is that like bands like this, I kind of expect to start signing tired and boring. And I can guarantee you that none of the bands that ripped these guys off survived as long as they did playing this style. <laughs> And I don't know if it's just one of those only they can do it consistently um, or if other bands just like, I don't know, uh, decided to move on to greener pastures. I don't know what the answer is, but what I can say is that if you like the last three albums, you're going to really love this one. If you liked Effigy of the Forgotten, you're going to love this one. You, You know, like Suffocation doesn't make bad albums. I will admit that they make albums that sound largely the same. I will. I will say that. Uh, but at the same time, that's also coming from a perspective of listening to all of it all at once. Whereas, again, when you really have some time to spend with and dissect these songs, similar to what we said about the Black Dahlia murder. Um, there you go. We're, we're also posers. We compared suffocation to the Black Dahlia murder. And by we, I mean me. I, I did it. Um, but if you have enough time, you know, multiple years between records to really get into these songs and really dissect what the band has going on. Uh, you're eventually going to listen to those old songs to death and you're going to be happy to hear new songs that have the same level of intensity um, and are different enough to sate your appetite. But yeah, there aren't a lot of bands out there that can give you 100% consistency. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. You are now fully immersed on everything 
Suffocation does on every single album. It's unfortunate to some people that it doesn't change, but I don't think fans of this band really want it to. I think Suffocation set the standard, and everybody wants them just to stick with it, because who else can get away with that? Who else can pull it off consistently 100% of the time? You could name bands, but how many of those bands have changed? And this is going to become my final thought. If you're a fan of Suffocation, if you're a fan of brutal, intense death metal that can be technical at times, then this band is 100% for you. And 100% of these albums gives you the experience. If the band has a low point, it's the production on the second album. And we all know how to work a volume knob so you can work that one out yourself. Dan, what about you? I think that Suffocation is one of the best technical death metal bands out there. I think they wrote the book on on how to play this style and pull it off convincingly and to actually sound good uh, doing it. And uh, I mean, what else is there to say? They've they've in, they've influenced thousands of bands, probably a lot of them that you've heard of and a lot of them that you haven't. And uh, I think it's cool how they were able to kind of modernize this sound too, as they came back in the like 2000s. Whereas I think there are a lot of bands like this that may have gotten their start in the 90s and still sound very much like they did in the 90s. Obituary. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, so I, I appreciate that their sound was so innovative back in the 90s that even though they didn't deviate from it that much, uh, it stood the test of time because it was ahead of its time. And what's your album of the week? Oh, that's going to be the Crimson Quarter by Zayo, Joe. I'm not going to leave it alone. For me, it's Defenders of the Faith by Judas Priest. That's right. It wasn't firepower because only one of us can afford to be a stereotype this week. (laughs) That's fine, man. I'll be a stereotype for as long as I can be. Take us out, DFT. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and you would like to be more directly involved in certain things like what bands we choose or, you know, what guests we try to get uh, or, or whatever, whatever suggestions you guys have for us, there's a there's a lot of different avenues you can take to reach us uh number one you can comment right here on this video if you're watching it on youtube uh give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down or or however you felt about the video you can also uh send us an email at dan and joe show at gmail.com you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion you can tweet at us uh at discuss metal or at discuss metal dan or at discuss metal joe you can follow us on our Discord server, and by follow us, I mean you can click on the link in the show notes that'll take you right to our Discord server, uh, where we can chat and have fun, and, and we, we have a really great time over there. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, also at Discuss Metal. We have a Teespring store set up. If you want some sweet discography discussion merch, you can check out the link in our show notes that'll take you right there. And uh, we always have Patreon. We've been doing uh, Patreon Hangout for the last few months, and uh, they've been very, very, very fun getting to talk to you guys face-to-face. So uh, if you have any suggestions for us, definitely reach out. Let us know. And on that note, this has been episode 225 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash Metal. We have some sweet perks. 
Hey, Joe, can I have some money? $1 a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed. 